Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Let's not fall into that trap of thinking that we shouldn't bother God with these things. No, we need to cry out to the Lord. And, and I want to say this, and I'm going to emphasize it more as we go on. But listen, God answers prayer. And God will answer your prayer. But you might say, but I've been praying for so long, he hasn't answered it yet. Keep praying. Keep praying. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, in a message titled, The Faith of a Blind Man. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Now, let's just get the context. Jesus is toward the end of his final journey to Jerusalem. He's actually toward the end of his public ministry. And now he's coming to Jerusalem. He's coming to Jerusalem from up in the north. So he's coming along the Jordan from Galilee and he arrives at Jericho. Now Jericho is about 15 miles east of Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives. It's just right there almost on the Dead Sea. So that, that's the path that, that Jesus would have taken from up in the north. He would have made the journey down to that area and now paused for a bit in Jericho before going up to Jerusalem. Uh, when we go on our, on our trips to Israel, we take that very same route. So, you know, we spend the first part of our uh, time up in the northern part of the country. Then we take that same road right along the Jordan. You're just kind of following it all the way down, and then eventually you come to Jericho. So Jericho is a modern city, and it's there where the ancient cities, there were two ancient cities of Jericho, and so this is where Jesus came on his way to Jerusalem. So it is about 10 days to two weeks before his rejection, betrayal, conviction, and execution upon the cross. So as he passes through Jericho, there's this man, this blind beggar, and he is the son of Timaeus, and he hears that it is Jesus of Nazareth that is passing by. And as he hears that, he begins to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is very interesting, the way he addresses Jesus. So let's talk for a minute about Bartimaeus. So, so here's this man. Imagine his plight. So he's blind. He was probably blind most of his life, if not his whole life. We don't know for sure. But, but he's sitting there in the darkness, and more than likely he's uh, being overlooked. He's being ignored by most people. And I think we could safely assume that he, for at least many, many years, lived without hope that things could ever change. I mean, what, you know, what hope would you have? There was certainly no remedy to his blindness, as far as he knew. And he's in this condition where this is just his life. He's sitting by the side of the road. Man, I'll tell you, at certain times of the year, it is hot in Jericho, too. And uh, this would have been about April. 
but you know th this was his life it was a it was a miserable situation to say the least but perhaps recently something else began to take place as he sat in that darkness it seems possible that he had heard the stories of what Jesus was doing all around the country now remember this is the end of the public ministry of Jesus coming to an end just a couple of weeks out. So for three years, Jesus has been going up and you know the length of the country, the breadth of the country, and he's been preaching the gospel. He's been healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. And I think based upon the response of this man that he's heard about some of those things. And so it could be that he's been in his own mind just hoping and praying and waiting for the day that Jesus might pass by him as he sat begging. Now, why do I say that? I say that because when they tell him Jesus of Nazareth has come, he cries out to Jesus as the son of David. Now, you wouldn't naturally make that connection. Nazareth and David had no connection. Uh, David was from Bethlehem. And everybody thought uh, the Messiah surely will come from Bethlehem. But this man, when he cries out, Jesus, son of David, he is actually, he is confessing Jesus as the Messiah. So somehow in his mind, as he sat in that darkness, and as he hears all the hustle and bustle and rustle that's going on around him and, and all of the activity that's taking place. And he's, so what, what is it? Who, what's happening? What's going on? Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he suddenly just cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, as he does this, notice the crowd. They seek to silence him. So many rebuked him, verse 48, and told him to be quiet. Be quiet. Shut up. <laughs> that, that's what they've been saying. Get up, you old blind beggar. Get out, you know, don't bother Jesus. What does he do? He's not deterred. He shouts all the more. Good for him. <laughs> hey, he knows no, nobody else is going to help me. Nobody's ever helped me. This is my one moment. They, these guys are trying to, to shut me up. No way. And he shouts all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I love that. Now, uh, look, look at the, the crowd. This is so great. Because it says, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man. Hey, cheer up. Get on your feet. He's calling you. And he probably says, Ah, shut up, you guys. You know, a minute ago, you were telling me to be quiet and get out of here. Now they're like, oh, hey, he wants to talk to you. But, of course, the man was going to seize the moment. And so he does. And what happens? Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, I want to see. Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And immediately received a sight. And he followed Jesus along the road. So this is such a, a wonderful story. And I want to look at it from this angle. So Bartimaeus, four things happened here. 
Number one, he believed. He believed. He put all of this stuff together in his head. He can't see anything, but he's putting all the pieces together. Jesus of Nazareth, he's heard in Jericho, no doubt people have talked about this. And so he believes that this person must be the Messiah. There couldn't be any other explanation, the things that he's doing things that he's hearing about. So he believes, and what does he do as a result of that? He cries out. When the moment comes, he's not going to miss out on this. He cries out, and then thirdly, he persisted. He persisted, and then finally, he received. So I want to kind of just walk through that. So he believed that Jesus could help him. He believed it. Now, here's a question. Do we believe that? Do we believe that Jesus can help us? Do we really believe that Jesus can help us? You know, not everyone really does believe it. We say that we believe, but but do we really believe? You know, there's there are many Christians that just don't believe for for a variety of reasons. But but I mean, you know, we understand that the people outside of the church don't believe. That's why they're outside, because they haven't believed. But it's hard to understand why it would be that people in the church don't believe. But unbelief among Christians is a reality, and it's not anything new. It's happened many times over and in many places throughout the long history of the church. In her little book called How I Know God Answers Prayer, Rosalind Goforth, Rosalind and her husband, Jonathan, were missionaries in China and um, parts of of Korea back in the early part of the 20th century. And they experienced so many amazing answers to prayer that she thought to write a book about it. But something happened. And she writes about this in the foreword to the book that she finally did write. She told of her reluctance to write on answered prayer because of the unbelief she encountered from Christians when she had verbally communicated some of the testimonies. So she would tell people the stories of answered prayer and she would be met with obvious unbelief. So finally she just thought, why would I write a book? They don't believe when I'm telling them the story. So I'm gonna put all this effort into writing a book. So she just sort of, Hold back on the idea. But because she meets with all of this skepticism among Christians, she just says, I'm not going to do it. She's not going to make herself that vulnerable. Uh, In the end, she did write the book. The Lord put her in a situation and made it clear to her that she needed to do it. It's a great book, How I Know God Answers Prayer. It's a fantastic little book. But But the point is this. Bartimaeus believed against all of the odds. He believed. He heard about Jesus of Nazareth. He heard about what Jesus was doing. And in his mind, he said, this is the Messiah. And so when Jesus comes to town, he's like, the Messiah is here in his mind. Jesus, son of David. You know, most people weren't calling Jesus son of David. They were apprehensive about doing that. And it's when Jesus, in the next chapter, as we get to it, when Jesus makes what we call the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and everybody's shouting to the son of David, the, the religious leaders are flipping their lids. or Tell them to be quiet. Tell them not to say that. Jesus said, if they hold their peace, the stones will cry out. 
He was the son of David. But, but Bartimaeus gets that. And as I said, he believes. So is something silencing or hindering you from crying out to the Lord? Now, they tried to silence him, but he wouldn't have it. He's going to cry out. But you know, sometimes that can happen to us. We, we might find ourselves in a, in a dark place. We might find ourselves with some sort of blindness, so to speak. And, and we know that we need help, but we don't cry out. Why not? Well, sometimes it's just simple unbelief. I just don't think God will help me with this situation or this problem. Now, unbelief resides in our hearts. And there are those times when it is the very thing that is keeping back the blessing of God. Jesus went to Nazareth, it says, and it says in the city of Nazareth, this is when he was grown up, uh, he went back to the place where he was raised, and it says that he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. He wanted to do things there, but he couldn't because they were like, you know, wait, this is the son of the carpenter. We know this person. We know his family members. Who could he be? And it was their unbelief that prevented the blessing. And so it could be unbelief on our part. We've got serious things going on, but we just simply, in our hearts, we just say, well, I I just don't know. I just don't think God can help me with this. It might be unbelief. It might come from people. You know, I have found that sometimes Christians are the most well-intended but totally misguided and discouraging lot around. You know, you ever tell another Christian about something, man, God's put this on my heart and I believe he's doing this and, and you know, you're pointing out and they're like, no, I don't think that's the Lord. No, I don't, I don't believe it. No, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't really pursue that. I mean, that, that's not God. God's not gonna do that for you. You're like, wow, thanks, brother. Man, I am so encouraged. So you got unbelief in our own hearts. You got people. And you know what? Demons, they want to silence you too. Demons don't want you crying out to the Lord. And and so what happens here is as you are looking to cry out to God, as you're believing that, you know, he's going to answer you, you know what? The demons come along. They say, why would God listen to you? You're not a very good Christian. I mean, after all, think of all your sins. This is what the demons do. And but we can think of lots of sins, right? And then where are we at? Like, wow, probably not. I, why, why would I cry out to God? He, he doesn't want to hear from me. But listen, this guy, he shows us what to do. <laughs> Whenever something is seeking to silence us from calling out to the Lord, whether it's our own unbelieving hearts or it's people around us, well-intended but misguided, or it's the, the enemy himself We just got to just shout all the more. That's the message. Shout all the more. Listen, you need to know this. I need to know this. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, it's kind of a trivial matter. I don't want to bother God with that. Listen, remember, everything is small to God. Everything is small to God. Everything. The universe is small to God. Scripture says that he, he holds the universe in the span of his hand. So sometimes we think, you know, sometimes we think, oh, this is too big for God. 
But I, I think most of the time as Christians, we kind of figure that, well, God can do big stuff. But sometimes I think even more frequently, we think this is too small for God. But it's not. Because everything's small to God. So let's not fall into that trap of thinking that we shouldn't bother God with these things. No, we need to cry out to the Lord. And, and I want to say this, and I'm going to emphasize it more as we go on. But listen, God answers prayer. And God will answer your prayer. But you might say, but I've been praying for so long. He hasn't answered it yet. Keep praying. Keep praying. God will answer our prayers. He always does. Now, sometimes the, the answer is in the affirmative. It's just, this is what we've been praying for. And man, this is exactly what God did. Sometimes we're praying for it. And God did something. It wasn't what we thought necessarily, but we know God did something. You know, I've had times in prayer where God has told me no. But you know what? It's okay. If God tells me no, I don't even mind. I just am happy that God's told me something. Because, you know, when God's speaking to you, you know that God is there. It, so don't get hung up on the prayer having to be exactly the way you imagined it being fulfilled. Recognize that prayer will be answered and be open to whatever way God answers it. Now, that takes me to the point. Persistent prayer means answered prayer. Persistent prayer means answered prayer. Jesus said, keep on asking. Or, or he said, he said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, the one who knocks to, to them it is open. And he says, in the tense, in the original language, is keep on doing it. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking persistence in prayer. We're encouraged to persist in prayer, to persevere in prayer over and over and over again. Remember the story that Jesus told in Luke 18. He tells a story. It's a, it's a parable, but Luke tells us that, that he told a story with this in mind. This was his objective, that people should always pray and not lose heart. And so he tells a story, you remember, uh, of, a, of a widow. She's called the persistent widow. And she comes to an unjust judge and she says, avenge my cause. And Jesus tells a story. The unjust judge is like, he doesn't really care about her cause, but because she's just pestering him day and night, he's like, you know, I got to get rid of this woman. She's driving me nuts. So I'm going to do what she asked me to do. Jesus said, that's the case with the unjust judge, but your father is just. He's good. He's righteous. And so how much more will your good father, can you expect him to respond to you when you cry out to him? And he says he will do it, and he will do it speedily. So this is a message in scripture. Persistent prayer means answered prayer. But we've got to persevere. You know, so often we're looking to other things, thinking that, you know, my help's going to come from here. This is the solution. This is the answer. No, it's not. There's one answer, and it's Jesus. And it's crying out to God. And don't be discouraged because maybe there's a delay in the response. Just keep doing it. Persevere through it because the answer is coming. 
the answer is coming. If you're in darkness, cry to Jesus. If you're tempted to be silent, shout louder. Just do it because the answer is coming. That's what I want you to know today. The answer is coming. The Bible says it over and over again. God answers prayer. He doesn't not answer prayer. He answers prayer. Sometimes he says no. That's the answer. Sometimes he says something that's not what we thought. You know, I've had friends that we prayed for, people that have been sick, and we prayed that they would be healed because we thought that was the right thing, and uh, God didn't heal them, and they went to heaven. They went to be with the Lord. And, you know, in the end, some, somebody would say, oh, well, God didn't answer the prayer. No, God did answer the prayer. He answered it like this. This is what his plan was. And so what we need to know, just like Bartimaeus had that faith and that confidence that as he cried out, Jesus was going to, he was going to help him. We need to remember that, to keep praying because the answer is coming. You might, you might have been praying for a long time. And when you're praying for a long time, you, you can lose heart. But that's what Jesus said. Don't lose heart. Keep praying. Remember that woman who was nagging that judge. And, and just keep doing it. Keep it up. Because persistent prayer is answered prayer. Now, there's one prayer that gets answered just like that. There's one. And the one prayer that gets answered is the prayer for mercy in the sense of Lord Jesus have mercy on me, a sinner, and forgive my sin and be my savior. There's no delay to that prayer, to, in the answer to that prayer. The Lord answers that prayer instantly. Whenever you do that. And so just as we close today, maybe you're here and maybe you are a person who you've never called out to the Lord in that way. Maybe something inside of you has just kept you silent. Maybe it's even like this idea that, well, God, I don't think God would really receive me. I don't think God could forgive me. You know what? Don't be silent. Cry out. You know, maybe it's people around you say, oh, you don't want to believe that. You don't want to be a Christian. What? Oh, no, man, that's, you don't want that. That's, uh, that's not good. Just don't go there. No, don't, don't listen to that voice. Silence that voice and take that step of faith. And again, as I said earlier, there are uh, spiritual beings. There are, there are forces that would come and say to you, no, you can't, you, your sins can't be forgiven. You've been too sinful. Or whatever it might be. Just ignore all of that and, and cry out to the Lord. Just say, just like Bartimaeus did, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, Messiah, savior of the world. That's who Jesus is. Just have mercy on me. And I promise you this, he will. He will do that. He will meet you right where you're at this very moment. And he will speedily answer that prayer by coming and forgiving your sins, taking up residence in your life, and giving you a new start. Let's join Pastor Brian as he shares about this month's resource from Back to Basics. 
Hi, Pastor Brian here. We are hearing so much in the culture today about transgender identities and so forth. And so the book that I want to recommend is going to help you think through that. The book is called Embodied, Transgender Identities, The Church, and What the Bible Has to Say. The author is Preston Sprinkle. Preston has a PhD in New Testament theology, but he's really made this an area of deep, deep study and expertise, does an excellent job. This is something that we need to know how to navigate. So once again, the book Embodied by Preston Sprinkle, it will help you to know what the Bible says and how to navigate around the issues of transgenderism. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Embodied, Transgender Identities, The Church and What the Bible Has to Say by Preston Sprinkle. You can order the book Embodied by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Embodied by Preston Sprinkle to help you navigate the issues surrounding transgenderism. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.